Ministry of the Biblical Counseling Institute of Garrettsville, Ohio. I invite you to stay tuned for the next hour for a live discussion providing biblical answers to life's questions. Here now is your host for tonight's edition of Transforming Lives. Good evening, listening audience. This is 1220 AM Radio, and this is Joe Propri. I'm the director of the Biblical Counseling Institute and tonight's host for Transforming Lives. I have with me my good friends Gus Supan and Glenn Dunn. We're missing our partners, the Tiffies, Armin and Kathy, tonight. We pray they're listening, and we're grateful for their regular contributions. But tonight, the three of us are tackling one of the most difficult topics that we could probably tackle, not because it's so difficult in itself. It's because it's such a hot uh, hot item in our current culture, and um, we're clearly going to be going against the grain of the common thinking about this particular problem. And, uh, and so, folks, I want to let you know that uh, we're going to be talking about homosexuality. And uh, we're going to be talking about it in an extremely positive way. We're, we are Christians. We are people who believe the Bible. And if you're listening for the first time right now to this program, you may have immediately some stereotypical kinds of thoughts about us, what we might say, what we might think. And I want to challenge you to listen, because we are indeed going to be compassionate We're going to be caring. We're going to be extremely hopeful. And yet we're going to be telling the truth, uh, we believe, from God's Word. We believe God's Word is the truth. And you may want to be engaged in some conversations in this particular program. We are on the air live here, and uh, we want to tell you that you can call us anytime during the program. And uh, we are here for an hour. So if you have friends that might be interested in this topic, you may be they may have strong opinions. You may also have friends or family relatives who are engaged in homosexuality or are homosexuals. And uh, we want to say right now, we love homosexuals. We love people. We love people with problems and without problems. And so it has nothing to do with anything personal. What we're going to say has nothing to do with any particular kind of vendetta. Uh, But we are going to say that that type of behavior is wrong, but so is all kinds of behavior mentioned in Scripture. And we don't think that homosexuals need to be stigmatized any more than adulterers do or or um, shoplifters do anybody else. We have a problem in uh, in our lives, and it's called sin. All of us have this problem. And we're going to talk about the hope that God gives for people with that particular problem, just as every week we talk about other kinds of problems and discuss what the Bible says to help people be set free from the the bondage that we are often in because of our sinful nature. So if you're interested in participating in the conversation or you want your friends to listen in, give them a quick call and tell them to turn in at 1220 or 1440 a.m., and uh, listen in on our topic tonight. If you'd like to call and be a part of the comments, if you'd like to ask questions or clarification, uh, write these numbers down right now. And uh, if you don't get them quick enough, we'll be repeating them a little bit later. The local number is 216-901-0933. And the toll-free number is 888-677-9673. So call us. We're going to start tonight by uh, asking the question. It's uh, almost a rhetorical question to us, but it might be not to you. And the question is, 
Is there hope for homosexuals? Can homosexuals really change? Guys, what do you say about that? Can homosexuals really change? Our culture is saying, look, this is the way people are. This is the way they're born. You can't uh, change who you are. What? Uh, we, there's a lot of things we're going to say about that, but how might you start off uh, answering a question like that? Can homosexuals really change? Well, absolutely, they can change. Uh, because God's Word said they can change. Mm-hmm. As you started off in your comments, that it is like any other sin, any other life-dominating problem. Uh, I think it, it needs, uh, they need to learn new things. They, they, they need to, uh, we need to help them with their thinking. We have to give them clarity as to uh, who is man and who is God and what is sin. Mm-hmm. And if we can get, uh, get them to look at these things, I, I, there's great hope. His, God's Word said that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the pa- passages that speaks clearly to that is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And um, what's great to uh, read in the Scriptures is that Paul describes uh, what, the, what those people who are now born-again believers, and he describes what they used to be, mm-hmm. what they used to do, the way that they used to live, what used to describe them. And he speaks of them, uh, blessedly so, in the past tense. Yeah. And he said, this, such were some of you. Let me let me go ahead and just read that text you're talking about, Glenn. <clears throat> now it starts out somewhat harsh, uh, because uh, the Bible is harsh against sin, not just homosexuality. Because listen to the passage as that section begins. It says, "Do you not know?" And he's talking to the Corinthian church. So, first of all, let's note this: this is the Apostle Paul writing to believers in a church. Mm-hmm. And he says, don't you know that unrighteous people shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, that's a huge category. And he's going to name some of those categories of unrighteousness. So he says, don't be deceived, neither fornicators. Now, let's be honest, guys. There's a whole lot of fornicating going on Mm. in our culture today. Mm -hmm. And it's not called that. It's called living together. It's called... uh, um, Affair. Yeah, it's, it's all, all kinds of things, but it's still that, that kind of a category that uh, God says will uh, not inherit the kingdom of God. So it lists fornicators, then it lists idolaters. That's a whole topic we could cover some evening, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Idolatry, how easy it is to be idolaters. Uh, nor adulterers, there's a whole lot of that going on. And it's... Uh, it's uh, uh, celebrated, you know, in movies and TV programs, just like fornication is and all those sorts. Of, but adultery is just as serious a problem as the others that we're mentioning. Uh, it even says effeminate, which is a, a pretty difficult concept to discuss. Uh, but the next one is homosexuals. So, so far we've got the unrighteous, and then it says fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, homosexuals— Thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, swindlers. I mean, how many people swindle? Mm. And it's a regular part of their life. We're coming up to tax time. Yeah, and we're coming, it's exactly right. And, and so God's, God has these 
categorical sinful behavioral patterns, these dominant patterns in people's lives mixed together, and the average human being would never put them all together in that same desperate lump. We'd, we'd uh, minimize some of those and maximize others, but God doesn't. Mm. And he simply says, none of these that I've just mentioned will inherit the kingdom of God. So that's the bad news first. If you are homosexual and you practice that and you're not repentant about it, it's the same as if you are a swindler and you love doing it and you're not repentant about it. If you are effeminate or an adulterer, a fornicator, or even a drunkard, the bad news is you will not get to heaven. This is what it says clearly. But listen carefully. Um, here's the good news. And mm. such were some of you. That's what you said, Glenn. Mm. And such were some of you. Note that he's writing to believers in Corinth, mm -hmm. you in the listening audience. He's talking to Christians. And he is saying to them, some of you in this congregation I'm writing to were those things. That's the way you lived your life. That's what you believed in. That's what you practiced. That's mm. what you endorsed. That's what uh, drove you. And uh, But you were washed. Oh, is that a good word? Mm -hmm. That'll preach, huh? You were yeah, washed. That's right. You know, it's you know what it's saying. It's saying this: you were dirty, mm. you were unclean. You know, you should have been uncomfortable in that state. I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever gotten down in the dirt and the mud, and you've had to do some kind of work or job, and and you get yourself all dirty, uh, one of the first things I like to do after working and getting grease on me or whatever is get in there and get cleaned up and get a shower. There's nothing like feeling clean again, mm -hmm. and that's a you know an outward expression of how we ought to be on the inside. Instead of having a dirty conscience, we want to have a clean conscience, and this is what's going. You were washed. How do we get washed from these problems? You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. You were changed by the spirit. That's a nice transition there that you were washed and you talked about coming in and making your own. But the, the next step is far greater than that. You were sanctified. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. were set apart holy. Mm. All of this is behind them. Yes. And, and then you... Then you become right standing with God. Right. And, awesome. and you think about that transition, Gus, that you're pointing out. I, I'm glad you did, too. Uh, and that is that uh, the initial state that's represented here is that people who live that way, and the truth is it's all of us in some form or another are lost, mm -hmm. and we're in an unrighteous state. But our lives are supposed to change if we're Christians. We're supposed to be cleaned up. And uh, he's pointing out that in that state, we are filthy dirty, we are unclean, we are unworthy of setting foot into the holy kingdom of God. And now we are washed, we're cleansed, and as Gus said, we are set apart to do what? To be in that holy kingdom and to be holy ourselves. What a radical, mm. radical concept and change to being so unholy and defiled. It, let's be honest, it even calls some of those things abominations in the Old Testament. And now here we are um, cleansed and set apart to be holy people. That's the challenge. And that's the, that's the good news to those who are listening, because people with those problems aren't any different than the rest of us. We Listen, if you're a Christian, 
and you have some kind of a, a, a nasty attitude toward homosexuals, or you're like some people we've read about in the news who, if you could find homosexuals somewhere, you're just so repulsive, you want to corner them and beat them up. Shame on you. Mm. Don't you realize where you've come from? Mm. Don't you understand uh, what God has done for you? Why you creep? We'd be, you could be beat up too for some other reason. You, you're unworthy. Joe, but God I, I has think saved that, us. I think that's a, a, a real good right. point there that we need to focus on. I think the Church of Jesus Christ today needs to repent. Yes. Needs to repent of their attitude towards homosexuals, the way they've treated them, the way they've barred them from their churches, the way they don't want to they, they don't want to be comfortable with them, they mm-hmm. don't want to help them. They they just kind of push them off in the corner. I think we we individually as Christians and we as a church need to go before God and say forgive me. Mm-hmm. And go to those people whenever we have a chance and ask them to forgive us for the, the wrongful, sinful attitude that we've had for them. Right. There are there are open doors in most churches for sinners of various types, mm-hmm. but closed doors for sinners of other types. Something's sure. wrong with that picture. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And we have... In in thinking about what you're saying uh, there too, Gus, we have to remember, I, I'm just thinking of the Proverbs... Um, which tells us that the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, but faithful are the wounds of yeah. a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the the idea here today that it's it's um, it's not loving for us to call what the Bible calls sin sin is is really one of the most unloving things that we could do is exactly to let someone right. languish in their sin when the Bible, just as we're saying here, gives to us hope. Exactly, it doesn't have to be that way. Because Jesus Christ has come. And Jesus Christ, Paul says later in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Jesus Christ can make us new. The old is gone and the new has come. I think one of the most important things of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 to see there, one phrase that's really important is this phrase, do not be deceived. Yes. Thank you. And Paul, Paul brings that out prior to going into this kind of description and he says, don't be deceived. That's, that's the message that we want to, as Gus is saying, in love. Sometimes we may have given the message, but maybe not lovingly. The gospel is offensive, but we as the messengers don't need to be unnecessarily we, we offensive. We're talking frequently. We've got to reach out to this group. We've got to reach out to that people group. We've got to reach out there. How many churches are going into those, those areas of the city mm-hmm. and are reaching out to the homosexuals? Mm-hmm. And loving them and coming mm-hmm. alongside them exactly. without judging them. Now, honestly, I don't hear that a lot. Honestly, yeah. when, when people do, whether they do it in the best way or the worst way, we have to acknowledge that the homosexual community is not very receptive mm-hmm. to a message of hope because there's ingrained within them some sort of a, uh, a belief system that, and we'll talk about why that's there, uh, that wants to... Um, to uh, keep themselves in that bondage by believing it's not a bondage. It's a a difficult thing. Now, we're going to be taking a break, and we're going to be talking about some more hot stuff on this. We're going to quote some secular surveys. We're going to talk about why do homosexuals feel like they were born with it, although some won't won't take that stance, but that's one of the arguments. We're going to try to answer many of these questions when we come back. And you may want to be a part of that. As I said, write this number down, 888 Six seven seven nine six seven three, and we'd glad we'd be glad to have you a part of our panel discussion on hope for homosexuals. Be right back.
our parents are aging, do you ever wonder who will take care of them? Do you struggle with providing care for your parents or a loved one as they grow older? Home Instead Senior Care can help. They specialize in taking care of seniors in their own homes. In fact, Home Instead Senior Care is celebrating 10 years of being the trusted source of non-medical home care in the Cleveland area. I have to tell you, folks, this is a wonderful and value in-home service. Caregivers actually come to your home and provide assistance with light housekeeping, meal preparation, bathing, grocery shopping, incidental transportation, and so much more. At Home Instead Senior Care, the goal is to help seniors remain independent in their homes while providing peace of mind to their family. Caregivers are thoroughly trained, screened, bonded, and insured. Assistance is available 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-942-7558 or visit the website at www.homeinstead.com, your go-to company for elder care. So I was having my coffee the other day and I wondered, what's so special about Cornerstone Bible Fellowship? Is it the family-like environment, the Christian development classes geared for all ages, or the fact that Cornerstone Bible Fellowship believes both in the inerrancy and the sufficiency of the Bible? Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is committed to preaching, teaching, and counseling from God's Word. I've heard testimonies of how the biblical counseling ministry of our church helped my friend with her panic attacks, helped one believer with his anger and another who struggled with worry, all by giving them solid biblical principles to help them defeat these sins in their lives. It's amazing. At Cornerstone Bible Fellowship, I'm learning that I have everything I need to live a life of victory and godliness. It's my prayer that we will reach even more people with the good news that the Bible is sufficient to meet our greatest needs. Cornerstone Bible Fellowship is currently meeting at Remington College at Great Northern. For more information, call 440-617-0002 or visit us on the web at cbfministry.org. If you live in the Cuyahoga Falls area and are looking for a church home, consider visiting the Sanctuary, led by Pastor Jim Dockery. The Sanctuary is a non-denominational church that seeks to worship God with passion and to always adhere to sound biblical doctrine. We believe in vying for the hearts of the unchurched through creative adult and youth programs, in addition to equipping committed church and community members for service and leadership. We're also determined to restore backslidden and brokenhearted believers to Christ. The Sanctuary meets for Sunday morning worship at 11. We're located at 1624 Northmoreland Boulevard in Cuyahoga Falls. For more information, call 330-923-1742. That's 330-923-1742. The Sanctuary is a church where God's love is our refuge. Welcome back to Transforming Lives. This is your host, Joe Propri. This program is sponsored by the Biblical Counseling Institute, which I'm privileged to direct. And the Biblical Counseling Institute is, uh, exists to equip Christians to understand how to use the Scriptures to uh, grasp people's problems, help them understand them, tell them what to do to solve those problems. And we believe that the Bible is the Word of God and has all the answers needed for life and godliness. The average Christian doesn't see the Bible as a counseling book. We believe it is. It says that it is of itself. And so we want to help people understand how to do that. And so we offer training classes 
just privileged the last few weeks to be regularly doing training every weekend at a various location. And we've got our basic course one coming up one more time in the uh, winter season here of this year. We're going to be in North Canton. You can check our website www.bci-ohio.com for more information about training classes and other things that will help equip you to understand and use the scriptures to be a benefit to your life and to others. Well, our topic tonight for those who are tuning in right now is giving hope to homosexuals. We're talking about the reality of the possibility of homosexuals being changed so that they're no longer homosexuals. What a radical thought. What a radical idea to think about, especially in our culture. So please don't be offended if you've been, I'll call it brainwashed by the common culture, which wants to tolerate just about everything, including sins of different sorts. And homosexuality is simply that it's a sin. It's a choice. It's a sinful behavior style that's developed and it can be changed. All sins can be changed. People can be given power through Christ to overcome those temptations and those inclinations that we have. And we want to make it clear to the listener that we have nothing against homosexuals. We are, we are people who love people. Christians love people. And we love those who are in bondage to all different kinds of sins, not just that one. Uh, I, I'll be honest about it. I'm I am uh, just as much against adultery as I am homosexuality or other sorts of sins. We've got to be uh, uh, careful that Christians don't convey or, or, or portray this, this, this uh, thought that homosexuals are the worst people in the world. Uh, that's not the case. There are some wonderful people who are homosexuals, absolutely wonderful, nice people, kind people, creative people, um, caring people in many sorts of ways and, and, and just like other sinners. They're just like other sinners, like us. We're sinners. And the only difference between those here that are sitting with me on the panel tonight is we have been redeemed by Christ. Mm. We can't brag about that. We can't say sure, we're somebody amen. special because we don't commit those kinds of sins. Uh, we committed plenty of kinds of sins before. And, and we're not uh, perfect now. And we're not perfect <laughs> now. But God is taking taken away uh, from us that the uh, guilt and the penalty that hung before us for being a sinners, plural, sinners in general. And I'm not here to confess things, and I'm not going to ask my brothers here, but there might have been some vile, wicked, sinful patterns that each of us had in our past life that it would be embarrassing to mention over the radio. I I know that's true for me. And, um, And yet God has changed me. Now, I'm still working on a lot of different kinds of sins. Besetting sins. Besetting yep. sins. and and uh, But the kinds I'm working on aren't listed in the Bible in those categories where we're warned if you continue in that, you're not going to inherit eternal life. Homosexuality is listed in one of those lists as, long as, as, as well as drunkards and greedy and swindlers and all that sort of thing, too. So we're here to encourage people who are caught in bondage to various types of sins like that, especially. First, with a warning, you will not enter the kingdom of God, but the good news is there's an answer for you. There is hope for you. Think, think about the, the wonderful promise of this really strong passage in Romans chapter 8 just thinking about that as you're as you're speaking here mm-hmm. in verse one says but there is now therefore no condemnation, condemnation to, to them that are in christ jesus and and you want to talk about hope you want to talk about possibility this is certainly where where that lies that there's mm-hmm. no condemnation now christ is this is why it's so significant for us to be in christ because christ has taken that that it doesn't mean that god still isn't 
uh, wrathful against sin doesn't mean that God's holy standard changes. Uh, far from it. What God does is he displays that and he puts it on his son, and his son <clears throat> carries it for us. Mm-hmm. This, is the, this is why we're always driven back to Jesus Christ when we talk about any sin. And there's, uh, the promise of Romans 8 tells us there's no condemnation for us if we're in Christ Jesus. What a, what a blessed thought that that is mm-hmm. for us as believers. Coupled with that, there but for the grace of God mm-hmm. go I. Yeah, it's God's grace. And we've been spending some time on this passage in Romans 6 and verse 14. For sin shall not be your master mm-hmm. any longer. For you're not under the law, you're under grace. I'm glad you said that too, Glenn, because that indicates the difference between people who struggle occasionally with temptations. Mm. That's right. As well, uh, from people who are given to those temptations, mm-hmm. and it's mastered them, and they right. follow like the ox to slaughter. They just yep. seem to have no free will or self-control, that they, yep. yet they do. And that's the categories uh, uh, that we're talking about here, because a person— uh, let me let me be as, as biblical and compassionate at the same time uh, about this particular point. Those of you who are listening who may be homosexually oriented, you have, for some reason you don't understand or you don't know, but you have an inclination, you have a leaning toward uh, uh, filiality, affection, some, some, cor- some kind of a relational issue that could have sexual components to it, toward the same gender. I, I want to say we feel for you. Because it's hard to understand that when you're wrestling with that. We can only imagine what that might feel like when you say, I can't help it, I'm inclined this way. And the thing is, by the power of Christ in your life, you can resist the temptations just like I have to resist the temptation to uh, overeat or curse or swear or or become angry. It's the, the Temptations are tough for all of us, no matter what shape they take, because those everyone who has a temptation— is already inclined toward fulfilling that, giving into it, or the temptation wouldn't come. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah sure. I, when, when, before I was a Christian, I was a drinker. I was in the Air Force, and I, I probably got drunk five or six nights a week. Um, the first year I was in, uh, in on, on a standard base after basic training, I, I was just drinking constantly. But I want to tell you, I don't ever get tempted to get drunk. Never. It's mm-hmm. not even, no, never enters my mind why. There's no place in me for that temptation. I have no desire or inclination that way. That change your want to. Yeah. So when, when anyone is tempted, you that are listening, when you're tempted, it's because you have an inclination. You have something there that draws the attention of the devil who... Uh, Uh, we're drawn away by our own lust. We're tempted when we're drawn away by our own desires. That's what it says in James 1. So what we've got to do is understand those desires and deal with those desires. But the key is, even if you still have inclinations, you can resist them in the power of Christ, never fulfill them and go on. The, The passages that condemn homosexuality are not condemning the fact that you have feelings and desires. It's condemning the fact that you a, you you consider yourself a slave to them. You give in to them. You justify them. You rationalize them, and you perform them consistently in in an attitude of uh, this is what I want to do. I, I'm not interested in holiness. I'm not interested in God's power. That's the thing that's really being condemned: a rebellion against God, and that's the sin that condemns everybody. We rebel against God and His offer for new life and power and uh, and the holiness that we need to have through Christ. Our inclinations and our desires, I, I like what Elise Fitzpatrick says in her book, uh, Idols of the Heart. She says we either have 
an inclination or a desire for our satisfying ourself mm-hmm. or glorifying God. And we know that every time we sin, it's satisfying ourself. Because mm-hmm. of, and we're drawn that way. We're drawn that way. But there, there is a transformation in glorifying God that can be done. I guess the big problem, Joe, is, uh, and I'm sure this is on your, your agenda here, the, the big problem is that most people, I would assume, don't view homosexuality as sin. And that's what we're talking And if we don't view it as sin, we think it's the way we are. We think that's the way we're born. We think that uh, uh, it's, uh, um, uh, it's, it's uh, genetic, it's uh, psychological, it's behavior. Uh, and if we, don't, if we don't get a hold of that thing called sin and understand that, uh, we're, we're in a hopeless situation. Now, whatever happened to sin, manager said. Yes. And, uh, and we, sin we, is good. Remember my book, Joe. Sin is good. <laughs> sin is good. <laughs> that's that's sort of be. that's sort of be a worse seller. But <laughs> now maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> <You don't. laughs> well, why why do we struggle with the concept of sin? Since you brought that up, why why is our culture and even some Christians why do we hesitate to call sin sin? What are some of the reasons? Because we're sinners. Yeah, that's, that's probably the because biggest Because we reason. like it. We, we like the sin. We enjoy sin. We enjoy right. sin. We're prideful. Yes. Yeah. We don't want to think, you know, if if we think that the gospel is good news, then that presupposes that there's bad news. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. bad news is that we're sinners. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and if, if, if we want to define a problem, if we want to solve a problem well, we've got to define the problem well. Yeah. And, you know, the, the more we lessen our sin, the more we cheapen the death of Christ. Yes, that's true. The more we realize the sinners that we are, the more amazing God's grace actually becomes to us. Yeah. And we have a culture that constantly dumbs down sin. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's a master at it. And that's the scripture you said, be not deceived. Mm-hmm. Who's deceiving us? Who's deceiving them? Our culture. Yeah, and we are the culture, too. Yes. I mean, it's, we enjoy labels that take away our own personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we want to uh, talk about some more in a little bit. But um, and, and it's also, I think, give, given the culture and the climate in which we we live, it's also viewed again. I have to go back to this point. It's viewed as being unloving mm-hmm. to call someone a sinner. Mm-hmm. See, you know, it's sometimes, and and I've told our own folks this at at, at the church. Um, pity the pastor; he has to tell you something that you don't want to hear very often. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he expects you to come back next week, invite a friend, and put money in the plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to hear more of that. To hear more of the things that you don't want to hear. I mean, if we're really going to see the promise of Christ in Matthew 16 that he builds his church, the pastor has to be really faithful in this issue because there's a lot of things we would, given our own selves, we would never say to someone. Right. It'd be so much easier to say to people, well, get, live whatever way you want to live. The Bible, God doesn't care, so forth and so on. But God does care, and that's why... You know, we do a program like this. That's why we do this radio broadcast. That's why we do biblical counseling, because we want people to know that there is hope. Glenn, I hope you're not talking about our listening audience, because uh, when we come back from this next break, we want to say things that hopefully they'll want to hear <laughs> and not, not turn us off. But we're going to talk about and explain something about how the Bible explains homosexuality, including those who believe they were born with it. I think I've got a satisfying explanation for that uh, when we come back. And also we're going to look at a, a, a national study that was done that's amazing talking about the capabilities of homosexuals to change. So tune in, uh, I mean, stay tuned in <laughs> and uh, listen to these great 
ads that talk about resources available to you and get ready to call us if you'd like to be a part of our discussion. The Biblical Counseling Institute offers training in the use of God's Word to help people solve the common problems of life in a fallen world. Whether personal problems or relational problems, the Scriptures give competent counsel for all non-organically caused problems. BCI exists to equip Christians to handle the Bible practically for themselves and others, gently and compassionately, towards solutions that transform lives and glorify God. Various types of training are available. You can come to us in Garrettsville, we can bring classes to your church, or you can take classes in your own home by correspondence. For more information, call BCI at 330-527-4205 or email us at info at bci-ohio.com. That's 330-527-4205 or info at bci-ohio.com. As our parents are aging, do you ever wonder who will take care of them? Do you struggle with providing care for your parents or a loved one as they grow older? Home Instead Senior Care can help. They specialize in taking care of seniors in their own homes. In fact, Home Instead Senior Care is celebrating 10 years of being the trusted source of non-medical home care in the Cleveland area. I have to tell you, folks, this is a wonderful and value in-home service. Caregivers actually come to your home and provide assistance with light housekeeping, meal preparation, bathing, grocery shopping, incidental transportation, and so much more. At Home Instead Senior Care, the goal is to help seniors remain independent in their homes while providing peace of mind to their family. Caregivers are thoroughly trained, screened, bonded, and insured. Assistance is available 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-942-7558 or visit the website at www.homeinstead.com, your go-to company for elder care. If you live in the Cuyahoga Falls area and are looking for a church home, consider visiting The Sanctuary, led by Pastor Jim Dockery. The Sanctuary is a non-denominational church that seeks to worship God with passion and to always adhere to sound biblical doctrine. We believe in vying for the hearts of the unchurched through creative adult and youth programs, in addition to equipping committed church and community members for service and leadership. We're also determined to restore backslidden and brokenhearted believers to Christ. The Sanctuary meets for Sunday morning worship at 11. We're located at 1624 Northmoreland Boulevard in Cuyahoga Falls. For more information, call 330-923-1742. That's 330-923-1742. The Sanctuary is a church where God's love is our refuge. We welcome you back here to the program called Transforming Lives. I'm the host tonight, Joe Propri, Director of Biblical Counseling Institute, which sponsors this program, offering training in how to use the scriptures to solve life's problems in a practical and God-honoring way. I'm joined by my guests, Gus Supan and Glenn Dunn, both pastors and uh, Bible counselors and good, good friends. And we form a panel that's often joined by Armin and Kathy Tiffey, uh, each week to help you, the listening audience, uh, think through various different kinds of problems that are common in our culture, common to human beings, and what the Bible has to say about it. In a world where those very problems are not even addressed in a sinful, uh, with sinful descriptions as God does, but instead psychologized or written off as some other thing, and therefore people lose hope. 
in uh, finding out what to do so that they gain victory. And so if you're tuning in for the first time, you may want to know our number. There's not much time left in the program if you'd like to call, ask a question, make a comment. But that number is 888-677-9673. Our topic is Hope for homosexual, Homosexuals and Homosexuality in General. And I want to begin this segment by reading to you an article. Uh, it said that uh, last, well, let's see, this was written in 2001. And it said the previous year, 2000, Dr. Robert Spitzer of Columbia University, the leading figure behind the 1973 decision by the American Psychiatric Association to remove homosexuality from its list of psychological disorders, said that he was reconsidering his position after encountering, encountering individuals who had left the lifestyle. He completed an extensive study of 200 subjects who sustained a changed lifestyle for five or more years, and he presented these findings at the APA's annual convention in May of um, 2001. There's an article that follows that. I I won't uh, read the whole thing, but basically he said... um, Contrary to conventional wisdom, some highly motivated individuals using a variety of change efforts can make substantial change in multiple indicators of sexual orientation. Now, I wish I had the time, and it's it's kind of boring to read to other people, especially on the air, so I won't read the whole article, but I'm sure you can blog it or Google it and find it eventually. And um, this Dr. Spitzer says that he's changed his mind. He has found that people who were homosexuals all their life, can actually change so much that they're not homosexuals anymore. Now, mind you, this is a secular study of people who have changed their lifestyles, and there's no indication that this was a Christian study. There's no indication that these homosexuals who changed to be homosexuals no more all changed because they became Christians. There's there's nothing in the study about that. So homosexuals who aren't even Christians have made changes for one reason or another or for using a variety of different change uh, efforts. So here's an objective non-Christian study which indicates that for some reason, some homosexuals can actually change completely and live totally different lifestyle for extended numbers of years. That study probably is still going on. And... uh, and we're excited about the, the proof of that, although the, God's Word tells us that uh, um, homosexuals can change, and Christ is the real hope and answer for lasting change. Well, we have a caller from the state of Virginia, and we want to welcome Mark here tonight to the Transforming Lives program. Mark, how are you? Hey, great, guys. I appreciate you taking the call. Mark, how's the weather in Virginia? You know what? Right now, I'm on the road, and it's clear, it's cold, and there's no snow, though, and I'm glad for it. Uh, we're, we're glad for we're you, grateful. too. <laughs> I, I almost yeah. didn't make it to the program tonight. It's it's not that good up here. Well, Mark, how can we help you, or what what, what do you want to share with us? Well, I wanted to, to mention about your subject matter. I happen to be a pastor, and um, I had a, a cousin die with AIDS, and I have a brother-in-law who used to be in the ministry um, that found himself in the homosexual lifestyle. And, of course, we've had to deal in our own family with all of this, and, and our stance has always been um, that you may they may perceive that they're born that way because that may be the only memory they ever have. Mm-hmm. However, the Scripture is clear um, that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea that there are some sins that people can change from and there are other sins that people cannot, if that's the case, 
then the cross doesn't mean anything. Amen. That's exactly right. right. Amen. You know, it doesn't have any power. No. Um, and uh, I suppose the Church has not done a great job, maybe, in dealing with this subject for whatever reason. I mean, we're not even dealing with our own immoral issues, and we want to talk, you know, about homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, before we can deal with that issue, we've got to deal with our own moral Amen. issues. Amen. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. However, um, the, the you know this, the Corinthian Church was... Uh, you know, a bottle atmosphere, and, and Paul said, such were some of you, but now you're washed, now you're cleansed, now you're sanctified. Mm-hmm. And anybody that, that's struggling with it, hey, there's hope. Um, Jesus gives hope. If you want out, it may there may be the renewing of the mind, there may be some things you have to work through, um, but uh, for anybody struggling, you can get out. Amen. Hey, Mark, can I just ask you, how, um, how did you handle the issue with your family in the matters of uh, being interpreted as... Uh, or perceived as being either uh, uncompassionate or not loving and so forth, if you say that you took a stance on the Scriptures, considering these were your own family members? Well, we had to—I uh, went through a process. Uh, first of all, I was very angry mm. um, about it, particularly about my brother-in-law, because he's a very gifted individual, um, and uh, everything he touched was blessed. Mm. Um, and uh, my wife— um, she also had the same emotions, except uh, we went to one of Dobson's Love One Out conferences, mm-hmm. um, and it was very helpful to us because it gave us a, an understanding of some things that we, we, we just kind of needed at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has gotten to the place, and she got there quicker than I did, and, and quite honestly, she's probably there now more than I am. But she cannot talk about him now without wanting to pray for him, and break down over him. Mm. And so what, what we have tried to do is um, set the guidelines, set the boundaries, um, so that he or his partner would know what those boundaries are in our home, mm. but also extend, um, you know, he's still a family member, and at some point um, we believe he's going to come back to the Lord, but, but we have had to find that we have had to set the boundaries, and we've had to say, okay, uh, this is what we're going to be uh, comfortable with. This is what we're not comfortable with. And um, the bottom line, really, for my wife was that um, until she could, she didn't feel like that she could debate with him because she was praying one day and she felt like the Lord speak to her and say, "Listen, he's heard all these arguments before. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not going to win the argument. Um, and so, what you can do is pray for him and extend the love of Christ to him. Put your boundaries up there." Um, but, you know, it's just sad excuses, you know, well, my family's rejected me and stuff, but that has not happened. Mm. Um, because this family has extended, um, you know, open arms as still a family member mm-hmm. um, and has been, you know, kind to anybody that he might have been a partner with. Um, but in, at the same time, set the boundaries that if you're in our home or something, you listen, you're not going to sleep in the same room, uh, you're not going to have any affection between you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, because um, somehow we want to still continue to reach out to him. And there, I think, is the challenge of most Christians, because we're either on one side or the other, where we're, you know, you're going to hell and there's no hope for you, um, and that's true, actually, if you don't give your heart to Christ. Or on the other side, uh, they're so permissive that, well, it doesn't really matter, you know, they were a nice person, or they still know the Lord, or they're still serving Jesus, you mm-hmm, know, well, mm-hmm. that argument doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, you know, over time, have, have come to the reality that, okay, 
this is what it is right now. We're not anticipating it's going to be that way long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that what the statistics are, too. You know, and our prayer is that there will come a time that um, he will realize uh, that, you know what, this isn't for me. But it's going to take the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Um, and, mm-hmm. You know, and it's going to take, you know, people praying for him and, and at least extending, you know, the love of Christ, but with the boundaries. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably where we have a hard time in the body of Christ. That's right. yeah. we, we're one end or the other, and we yeah. can't seem to find the right balance so that we can reach people because everybody is reachable if we want to reach them. Right. Hey, being on the front lines like you are uh, in this situation, and I'm talking about the family situation, don't you find uh, perhaps that one of the elements that's missing in this debate is the devastation that your brother-in-law's decision or choice has wrought upon his wife? Well, my my brother-in-law actually was not married. Oh, I see. Um, different, connection. different connection. Different connection. Yeah. You know, different okay. there. So um, he uh, he wasn't married, but uh, certainly uh, because we have uh, in the community that I pastor in in the area, there's three or four gay churches, and um, some of them have been to our our church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I asked a, a lady one time. My wife and I were were speaking with her, and I said, "Okay, what do you do at your church?" She said, "Well, we." same thing that we do, you do at your church. We sing the same songs, the preaching, we fast, we pray. And I'm thinking, okay. Um, and uh, and that's reality how it is. And I said, okay, when was the only time you experienced the presence of God? And she said, well, the only time I ever felt God's touch was when I was at your place, at mm. your church. Mm. Um, and uh, that is is the difference. Right. That has to be the difference. Right. Um, and uh, But the devastation... That, that you mentioned um, upon the family, and uh, because we believe the scripture, yes. and um, if somebody continues in this lifestyle, we know what eternity awaits, and so we're we're passionate about um, individuals, not just in this particular lifestyle. Because the fact is, if I'm a liar and I'm faithful to my wife, and I'm a consistent liar, the Bible says same thing. I'm going to end up in the same place. All right, All right. That's part of um, our point. Yep. Mark, yeah. we got to go to a break. I'm going to ask you to hold on. We want to chat with you on the phone just a moment, okay? Can you sure. do that? Listen, everybody else, stay tuned. We'll be right back with some more interesting facts about the hope that there is for homosexuality. God bless as you listen. The Biblical Counseling Institute offers training in the use of God's Word to help people solve the common problems of life in a fallen world. Whether personal problems or relational problems, the Scriptures give competent counsel for all non-organically caused problems. BCI exists to equip Christians to handle the Bible practically for themselves and others, gently and compassionately, towards solutions that transform lives and glorify God. Various types of training are available. You can come to us in Garrettsville. We can bring classes to your church, or you can take classes in your own home by correspondence. For more information, call BCI at 330-527-4205 or email us at info at bci-ohio.com. That's 330-527-4205 or info at bci-ohio.com. 
Do you desire to become more Christ-like? I want to make you aware of a unique resource every Christian should have who wants to grow in Christ-like character. Transformed into His Likeness by Armin Tiffey is a handbook for putting off sin and putting on the righteousness of Jesus Christ and will help you identify personal habits and tendencies that are hindering your walk with the Lord. This valuable biblical resource will not only help you identify where personal change is needed in your life, but will also explain how to put off old sinful habits and replace them with new godly behaviors. For more information about this wonderful resource, log on to transformedintohislikeness.com. That's transformedintohislikeness.com. If you'd like to order a copy, call 1-800-656-0231 or ask for it at your local bookstore. Transformed Into His Likeness by Armin Tiffey. back here transforming lives ladies and gentlemen the time is flying tonight we have uh we've opened up a pandora's box of questions and comments and we've had a caller that's been really really uh grateful to hear from pastor mark in uh, virginia thanks mark for your call and in just a couple of minutes left uh, we have no time to say the other things we were planning to say so we're going to be coming back with this topic in the very very near future as we look at our schedule and see how we can do that, we want you to st- to tune in every week cause, because we're we're always talking about something interesting, aren't we, guys? Mm-hmm. Something that we think so. We think so. <laughs> we stay awake, don't we? Yeah, that's right. But um, you know, there's just just tagging yes. on to Mark's yes. call. Just and if any, if anyone's listening in a similar situation um, to what that that brother had in in Virginia, is it? It's just an encouragement to say never give up praying. That's right. Never give up seeking God for something. It doesn't, it doesn't have to even be with the matters, although that's been our topic of discussion tonight, the matters of homosexuality, but for any unbeliever in your family, never stop beseeching the throne of God on their behalf. Uh, God is a God of mercy and, a gra- and grace, and God is a God who can call the spiritually dead back to life, mm-hmm. and we should never give up uh, praying for them. Amen. That's so true. Well, in our future program, hopefully in the very near future, you tune in next week. And if it's not next week, we will hopefully tell you when that program will be, probably in two weeks at the most. Uh, We will answer these following questions. Why do homosexuals, many of them, believe they were born with it? What's a biblical answer, a genuine? That deserves an answer. Sure. They, sure. they deserve an answer from Scripture, and that's not been well articulated, I personally don't think, and so we're going to give help. What about, the Glenn, you mentioned earlier, too, about the, the person that's in Christ. So, mm-hmm. Well, what about the many homosexuals who claim to be in Christ? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that and so much more. The process but of change. our time is up tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and so we want to wish you well, and God bless you. Tune in next week to Transforming Lives. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to Transforming Lives, brought to you by the Biblical Counseling Institute of Garrettsville, Ohio. We invite you to visit our website at bci-ohio.com. That's bci-ohio.com. 
There you will find information about BCI, our resources, course offerings, and available materials. You may also write to the Biblical Counseling Institute, 8146 High Street, Garrettsville, Ohio, 44231. Your prayers and financial gifts for this ministry would be deeply appreciated. Thanks for listening. This program has been sponsored by the Biblical Counseling Institute of Garrettsville, Ohio.